Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. I don't know if you know it, but I came ready for today. God has been speaking to me about this day for weeks, for months, has been dropping things and filling my spirit, and we've been holding on to it and stirring on it. And I want you to know today that I believe He has prepared you for this moment, that He has been refining you, that He has been pruning you, that He has been preparing you for right here and for right now, and that in 2021, He has some incredible things prepared for you. Psalm 18 and verse 34 says, He trains my hands for battle, and my arms can bend a bow of bronze. I believe in 2020, He was training your hands for some things. He was strengthening you for some things, that there are some battles still to come, but he has been strengthening you and preparing you for them because there is victory in you. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to start hitting some targets. I'm ready to start building some things. I know that the uncertainty hasn't lifted. The pandemic isn't gone. We still don't know what's happening with your business. You still have questions about if the new stimulus check is even going to be enough to help you with all of the needs and the questions and the things that you have still. But the thing that has changed is you, is what God is doing on the inside of you. And so, yeah, there are still challenges. But I'm not waiting for the uncertainty to lift. I'm ready to start building in the midst of uncertain times. Come on, if you're ready to start building something, why don't you tell somebody, let's start building this thing. Amen, church? And you can go ahead and be seated right where you are. I'm gonna stick with this. All right, I want you to turn with me. Oh, well, I, I want you to turn with me to Matthew 7. We're gonna look at Matthew 7. And while you're turning there, sliding there, clicking there, however you get to Matthew 7, I just want you to know some things that you did last year in 2020. Last year in 2020, do you know that Cornerstone Church, you invested more than 2,000 hours into our communities? volunteering and showing up that over 3 million people from 36 countries have heard the message of Jesus through what we do together, through online streams, through videos, through all of the different ways that we can reach and touch people, and that that message is continuing to go out, that more than 80 kids' services have been produced this last year to ensure that our next generation continues to hear the things of God and be connected through the things of God. I think those are some incredible things for us to celebrate the way that even in uncertainty, you continue to show up. 
And I want you to know that there are so many more things for us to celebrate. You'll be able to read more and see more of it as your digital gratitude report and your digital giving statement come to you throughout this next month. There's things like the announcement of our advisory board in there, along with a lot of other great things that we did throughout this year. If you don't want a digital form for that, if that's not the format that you wanted in or preferred, and you're welcome to call the church office, and we're happy to get you a physical one. Instead, what we want more than anything is for all of us to be able to celebrate all that God did through us throughout 2020. So you can keep an eye out for all of those things. Matthew 7, starting in verse 24 through 29, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat against the house and it fell and, and the fall of it was great. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. I want to announce to you today the vision and mission statement that Phil and I feel like God has been speaking to us for the next season of this church. I want you to read this and get it in your heart. It says, we declare Jesus everywhere, and we lead believers in a life of resilient faith. Father God, I thank you for this first Sunday of a fresh year. We are here with great expectation, God. And I know that you have spoken something, so give me the clarity, God, to speak what I've heard. And we ask for hearts that are opened, ears that are ready to hear, God, lives that are ready to be transformed. God, we ask for more stories of transformation, more families turned around, more individuals turned around. God, I thank you for all that you are gonna do in us today. In your mighty name, amen. At the end of this parable, when Matthew is recounting it, Matthew makes this really interesting observation and distinction between Jesus and the scribes. See, the scribes are the people that the people were used to going to for their information, for their counsel, for uh, revelation on what does the scripture say or how should I live my life or what should I do. They were considered people of some knowing, of some certainty, some sources of stability in the people's life. But when they heard a sound that was different than their scribes, they heard the sound of Jesus teaching his word. Matthew says that the people were astonished because when Jesus spoke, they recognized in Jesus an authority that they didn't hear in the way that the scribes spoke. And that's because when Jesus spoke, he wasn't speaking as one bringing revelation to those words. He was speaking as the very author 
of those words. He was speaking as the very originator and deliverer. All authority was in his words. All power was in his words. And when the people heard it, something inside of them started moving because Jesus is altogether distinct on his own and authoritative. He is the one and only voice that mattered and that changed in their life. And I just think that as we step into 2021, one of the most significant changes many of us could make in our life is to start to distinguish between the voices that we are listening to. Are you letting scribes have words that speak into your life and direct the direction and the intention and the purpose of your life? Or are you bringing your life into alignment with what Jesus is saying? It's so easy to get it mixed up because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad advice. I know that there's a blog on five ways for you to get ahead in corporate America and perhaps there's some really good tips in there, but that advice doesn't need to supersede the words of Jesus, the authoritative words of Jesus in your life that say, seek first the kingdom. And then all of these things will be added. We have to get the authority of Jesus correct and in the right place in our life because when we say we declare Jesus, we are saying that we declare the distinction of who he is. Jesus is the defining, distinguishing factor about our faith. It is his sinless life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection that gives him authority in the verifying of his word through his resurrection. His word is all powerful. His word is all authoritative. His word has all life, has all hope, has all joy, has all peace, has all prosperity, has all healing. Everything that you need is found in Jesus. We declare Jesus because there is nothing else that comes close to his power. There is nothing else that comes close to his authority. There is nothing else that comes close to giving you the right kind of answers or the right kind of solutions. There might be other things that can give you tips, dear, but there are not other things that can speak into your life and change you and transform you into the person you were always intended to be. It is only Jesus being declared in your life. And I know you have come to a point at the end of 2020 and as we step into 2021 where you look and you say, but you don't know how many things I lost over this last year. You don't know how many things breathed their last breath over in my life in this last year. And I have good news for you. It is the resurrection that verifies the authority of Jesus. And in Christianity, death always precedes a resurrection moment. So you might feel like you are at your darkest as we step into this next year. You might feel like you don't know what's going on. You might be looking at a business that's holding on to life support. You might be crying over a womb that still doesn't have a baby as you step into another year. But I have good news for you. The darkness that you're feeling might just be the seed form of your miracle because Jesus is setting you up 
for a Lazarus moment in your 2021 if you can start to declare Jesus over that thing instead of declaring depression over it instead of declaring despair over that thing instead of declaring hopelessness over it just declare the name of Jesus right into that space say I declare Jesus over my business I declare Jesus over my relationships and watch and see if resurrection life isn't coming for you in this next year because when we declare Jesus into our spaces when we declare Jesus into our life we declare his power and his authority and his resurrection giving power we declare Jesus there's this verse at the beginning of the Gospel of John where it says, and God sent a man named John into the world and John came to declare about the light. Now he himself was not the light, but he came to declare the light. And I love the way that it lays it out and it makes the distinguishing factor that he himself was not the light. Maybe you don't have so much trouble listening to scribes. Maybe your issue is not listening to the voices of other people or searching on blogs and social media and news to give you the answers to everything. But the voice inside your own head has been running you in circles for far too long. You have gotten confused about who the light, who the authoritative voice in your life is. You are not the authoritative voice in your own life. Jesus is the authoritative voice in your life. The voice that you need to listen to, the voice that you need to start declaring, the sound that you need to start declaring over yourself is not every lie that you believe about you. It's every truth that Jesus has spoken over your life. John was not the light, and he wasn't confused about if he was coming to declare his own authority or his own power. John was there to declare that the light has come, and that light, of course, is Jesus. John said, it is my purpose in life to declare to everyone who I can get to listen to me that the light has come. And we share with John in this incredible privilege that it is now all of our responsibility, all of our privilege, all of our joy to also be those who declare the light, who declare Jesus. Now we have the incredible privilege of doing it from the other side of the cross. John said, I get to declare to you that the Messiah is coming. Watch and see what he's getting ready to do. We get to stand there and say, we get to declare to you that the resurrected Savior is living. He is alive. He is available. He is waiting to be in relationship for you. He is that father in the story of the prodigal son waiting with open arms for you to run home to him. And when we declare Jesus, we declare Jesus starting in a few areas over ourself. The first place you have to be able to declare Jesus is over your own life. Waking up in the morning and saying, I am a king's child. I am who he said I am. 
I am walking in his purpose. I am righteous. I am made in his image and in his likeness. I am where I'm supposed to be, in the body I'm supposed to be in, in the time I'm supposed to be in, in the city I'm supposed to be in. I am who God said that I am. We need to take control of ourselves, of our environments, take captive every lie of the enemy and say, I am going to declare over my own life Jesus every single day and then in every area of individual influence that he has given us each and every one of us have leadership in some space in our life have leadership in some area of our life or some place of our life and we have the incredible role to begin to declare Jesus into that space to walk into every space we go and say, because I am a child of God, the spirit of God comes with me. And so I declare who Jesus is in this place. Come on, how different would our world be if some more school teachers started walking into their classrooms and every morning just say, I declare Jesus in this space. I declare Jesus over this Zoom call. Generations that are changed, household things that are broken, simply because a teacher said, I'm just gonna declare Jesus, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all changed can take everything in your world that seems broken and messed up and turn it around and use it for good. I declare Jesus in this space today. We declare Jesus over our region. Believe that God has placed us in places and in locations on purpose and for intentionality and that we get to declare Jesus right there into that space. We stand up and we say, we're going to declare the name of Jesus over our region. Because while the name of Jesus, it can change the entire world, there are specific things that he has called us to in our region. There are specific things that try and torment our region. There are specific challenges that we see in our cities and our regions of that the enemy tries to push against people in different areas and in different atmospheres. And we take control of the region he has placed us in. And we say, we are going to declare Jesus to the streets of our city. We are going to declare Jesus to every dry place in our region. We are going to declare the name and the transforming power of Jesus to everywhere that he places us. And then we declare Jesus everywhere. Acts said it this way, of course. It said that the people went into Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. We are going to continue to go to the ends of the earth, to go everywhere that we can possibly get. And I feel so energized and so excited because it is easier than ever to get on a plane and get to the other side of the world. It is easier than ever to stand here and allow a camera to take the message of what God is saying to the ends of the earth. We are gonna get everywhere and I want you to know that God has put it and fill in my spirit so deeply that 168 hours a week 365 days a year that the message of Jesus would be being declared that whenever and wherever there are searching people there are hurting people that they would be able to find someone declaring Jesus 
I believe that when someone says they are hurting and they want to harm themselves and they are searching for ways to do it, that instead they are going to find someone standing up and saying, you were made in the image of God. I want to declare Jesus right there into your situation. I believe that as a teenager is searching and questioning and longing that they're going to have a life group leader to reach out to, a counselor to reach out to, someone who can pray with them to reach out to them and say, I'm going to declare Jesus into your situation. I believe in the darkest moments of society that when people go to find the darkness, when they go to find ways to execute the lies that the enemy has been speaking to them, instead, no matter where they are, no matter when it is, no matter what time of the day or the night or what day of the week it is, that they will find someone declaring Jesus over their life. We are declaring Jesus everywhere. And in verse 25 of that section we read in Matthew 7, it says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Come on, we have built our lives on the on the cornerstone on Jesus. We declare Jesus everywhere because he is the firm, solid foundation that we build our lives on. And I see generations on generations rising up with a faith that endures, with a lasting faith, that they have a resilient faith that says life may have winds that come at me. Life may have storms that come at me. There may be times that I feel like I'm bending, but I'm not going to break and I'm not going to lose my faith because my faith has been established not in sifting sand, but on the solid foundation of who Jesus is is that they won't be lost when life's challenges come at them, that they won't be lost when they move into college and have to start questioning some things, but that they are going to go in with such strength, with such assuredness, with such resilience, with such steadfastness that when relationships start moving, they say, but I know the solid rock of my foundation, that when their life doesn't work out to the plans that they had for themselves, they say, I might not have planned this, but I know that God has plans for me, that He formed me before the foundations of the earth that he had a plan for me. So as long as I still stand on the solid rock of Jesus, I know that I still have to be on his plan because he leads me into paths of righteousness. Oh, I see a generation that rises up, that every single question that's thrown at them, that every single challenge that's thrown at them, they don't come back with questioning. They don't come back with doubt. They don't come back with fear. They don't come back with uncertainty. They come back with Jesus. They come back with the uncertainty sifting word of God that says I know who I am because I know whose I am. We declare Jesus everywhere and we lead believers in lives of resilient faith. Resilient faith. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. No, the flames will not overcome you. Oh, you might walk through some waters. You might walk through some rivers. You might walk through some flames. But you will not be overcome.
overcome because you are resilient. You are standing. You are lasting. You have a faith that continues to continue to continue and it grows stronger in every single season that you're in. We lead believers in lives of resilient faith. And in this parable about the two houses, Jesus makes a really clear distinction between the two. Both of them heard the word, but the foolish one didn't do anything with it. He was happy to hear the word. He was probably happy to shout on Sunday. He maybe was even happy to show up to a volunteer activity or two, but he didn't really do anything with the word. The wise man did something with the word. Said those who hear my word and do it are the wise people. So Phil's going to come up here and the two of us want to talk you through some of the targets that God has been speaking to us about. Some of the things we are going to as a church family do with what God is speaking to us. Oh, we declare Jesus everywhere, and we lead believers in a life of resilient faith. And these are some of the ways that we are going to ensure that we don't just hear that and we don't just get excited about it, but that we do something with it. Go. We've got, yeah. Well, I just want to say... I just want to say, hey, church, I haven't uh, had a chance to greet you in 2021, and I'm so excited for the word that God has given us for this year. Yeah. You just saw a snippet of it, the vision and the mission statement that we believe that God has given us for this new season that we're entering into, and we cannot wait to share some of these things, these seven areas that we want to be tangibly going after that God has given us for this year. Yeah, that's right. So one of the things that we believe so heartily that has been part of this church from the beginning is that we invest into every next generation. That our church is only one generation away from extinction. That we have to continually be looking and saying, who are we training up next? So we want to let you know that in 2021, we are excited to be investing more personnel, resources, time, and attention to the youth experience that we have. These are for our kids in middle school or our youth. They don't like being called kids. That's what I've been told. Our, kid, our youth. Not in our kids. Not our kids. Our kids are definitely kids. In middle school and in high school, we are so excited about what Cornerstone Youth has planned and is going to be doing throughout this next year. I just want to read you the mission statement that they took this mission statement of our whole church and then leaned into for what it means specifically for our youth. It says, we exist to develop resilient believers that influence culture. I believe that we are raising up a generation of yes. culture influencers yes. who are going to step out and say, I have a resilient faith that can change what's going on. So if you're a youth, if you're a parent of a youth, if you know a youth, you'll be getting more information about exactly what that looks like, exactly what all the details of it are. But we are so stirred up and, and just excited about continuing to invest in our youth at an even deeper level in 2021. Awesome. So signs of a healthy church are not just a strong youth ministry, but also a strong men's ministry. And so building on the strength of our everyman uh, breakfast that we have, we want to expand that to an everyman conference 
every year. This is something that we believe that in a church there should be strong men that declare Jesus over every situation. And so we want to keep investing in this, not just in the conference in June, but also we want to offer opportunities, key opportunities throughout the year, whether you're into motorcycles or whether you're into football or whatever it is that you're into, that we've got opportunities to be investing in you and for you to be investing in this community and for you to be investing in your community that you're in as well. And so really excited to be rolling out some of those initiatives for our men this year in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Each of our marriages is a place that we have just a heart to see you finding so much fulfillment, joy, pleasure, enjoyment, the goodness of God being revealed inside of your marriage. And even beyond that, that we would have a deeper conviction as a church family about the fact that our marriages are designed to be a living picture, a metaphor, a testimony to everyone we encounter about the way that Christ loves the church. So we have some things that we want to do throughout this next year to invest in marriages. We're going to have a marriage night one of the, uh, throughout this year at some point where we're going to specifically invest into married couples. We also are going to be launching something that night called Marriage Mentors, which is if you want an, a couple who has lasted and who has gone through some training that can walk with you in your marriage, you know, one of the greatest gifts that Phil and I have had in our marriage is couples that are just a little bit farther ahead of us that can say to us, oh, that's not really that big of a deal. Right. Maybe you need to figure it out, but, but that's just pretty normal. Right. The lie that the enemy tells us is that what you're facing in your situation or in your context is so unique to you Absolutely. and you're the only one having that challenge. But the truth is a lot of us face a lot of the same challenges. So these marriage mentors are gonna be couples who are able to walk alongside you and your spouse and walk in your marriage and encourage you and strengthen you in that. And we're also excited to let you know that if you're part of our Cornerstone crew, we're gonna be making Symbus or Symbus Plus available to you. So Symbus is the marriage tool that we use here at Cornerstone for preparing people for marriage or for strengthening your marriage. It's uh, a way to walk through. We did ours earlier this, well, I guess last year, last not year. this year. We haven't done it in the last three days. We did it last year and walked through it and just going back through after being married for almost nine years and saying, oh yeah, we still need to talk about this area more or strengthen this area. And, and one of the things is if, if your marriage is in trouble, we have resources that we wanna strengthen you with, that we wanna help get you through this season and see the other side of it with. And also, if your marriage is doing good, why wait till it's breaking? Why wait? Yeah. Why wait? Come in while you're healthy and say, where can we be better? Where can we shore up? Where are we seeing some cracks? So we're excited. If you're part of the crew, you're gonna hear more about how that's available and what you can have access to it at the crew rally. It's good. Awesome. So the next thing is that it's obviously no secret that our nation struggles with addiction, specifically with substance abuse around this area. And so we have a strong history of relationships with people that are doing great work in this community specifically. And one of the things that we want to do in 2021 is to start formalizing these relationships into official partnerships. And so there are some organizations that we'll be rolling out over the coming months that we have official partnerships that we're gonna be walking with. And we cannot wait to let you know more about that information to ensure that Cornerstone Church always remains a place where people can find home. Yeah. 
where it's not a place where people will find judgment, where people will find persecution, but they yeah. will find home in Jesus Christ. They will find transformative power when they enter into this place, when they enter into relationships in this community. And so we cannot wait to let you know about that when people enter into this place and also new initiatives that we'll be entering into of when we get to go out into places that are performing addiction yeah. recovery. Mm-hmm. Really excited about that yeah, one. Yeah, very excited. Hey, this year we have uh, done an incredible amount. Last year. Last year, man. It's tough. It's tough to make that transition. We're in 2021. Did you guys hear me at the beginning say you're stepping into 2020? I did. That's okay. I came back. Now everybody knows. Now everybody knows. I know. I didn't know. Some people missed it. Uh, But we've done an incredible amount of recording and sharing stories and using the technology that's available to uh, help us and allow us to continue to spread the gospel of what God is doing. You know, one of the things that I love about Cornerstone Church is that from the very beginning, Bishop and Pastor Kathy, our founding pastors, put in the the DNA of Cornerstone Church that we would always be on the front of what's happening in technology, that we would always be using every avenue that's available to continue to spread the message of what Jesus is doing. And I'm so grateful for that, especially this last year when we had to, had to, had to depend on it in such an incredible way. But one of the things that we wanna do is to create a space, to create a specific recording studio that will allow our team to do that more effectively, more efficiently, and more creatively. Right now, they set up recording spaces all over the place, and it takes them extra time to get that stuff set up. To be honest, technology is moving so quickly. They're editing on computers and on equipment that are a couple years behind, and they could be much faster at doing what they're doing. They've done something like eight days worth of actual recording, like not eight times. The number of hours that they have spent recording this year is more than a week's worth of just sitting and recording people. And like you heard me say, we want to be sharing more regularly, more often declaring what Jesus is doing. And they have so many ideas that if they had a space designated for it, if they had equipment that was updated, they would be able to run after that. So we're planning in 2021 to set up a designated recording space with some updated equipment to allow and ensure that that happens this next year. Awesome. Would you put your hands together for our prison ministry at Cornerstone Church? I see Mike Smith down here and Dave and a few other members of our prison ministry. We love our prison ministry. Truly do. We love hearing the testimonies of what God is doing in our prison ministry. And so one of the things that we want to do is to keep pouring attention and resources and personnel and and all of those things towards our prison ministry. I keep saying this over here. You don't see it in our online campus right now, but they're sitting over here right now towards our, our prison ministry. And so we're always looking for new prisons to be able to get into. I know that most people are trying to get out of prisons and stay out of prisons, but our prison ministry is trying to get into various prisons and jails around the region, always looking for new opportunities to be able to spread the gospel putting in requests to be able to get all types of new equipment into the prisons to be able to connect with people. There are some people that are in prison that are going to be in there for a really long long time, and they are not lost causes. These are people that can still be saved. These are people that we can still declare Jesus to. These are people that can still live lives of resilient faith. And so we have hope for reaching these people that are in prison. And also for those people that are getting ready to get out, we want to make sure that we have a great connection, a great transition step to be able to provide from prison into society so they can find a home here at Cornerstone Church as well. Really excited about what God is getting ready to do in our prison ministry. Very 
very much. Hey, I want to introduce you. If I can have that photo, I'd love to introduce you guys to a couple. So this is Pastor Ophir over here on the far left, who some of you probably know. Well, on the right. On the right. Sorry, yeah. On the right. Directly on the other side. Should I just go? I'm just going to get close to it so I can make sure you guys can see. How's that for camera work? Make it work for your new studio there. So this is Pastor Ruben Pena. And this is his wife, Letty Pena. They oversee one of the regions in our Cornerstone Mexico churches. This side is Pastor Ophir Pena, who many of you know. He oversees all of the churches in Mexico and South America for Cornerstone Global Network. And this couple here in the middle is Emmanuel and Samira. And I want to introduce you digitally to Emmanuel and Samira and tell you a little bit about their story. This is a photo taken at the end of 2019 when their regional leaders, Pastor Ruben and their obviously national leaders, Pastor Ophir, were praying over them and releasing them to go start and launch a church and begin Cornerstone Aguascalientes, which is in a city and in a state called Aguascalientes in Mexico. It's a new region for us to be stepping into. I think this was November of 2019, and then of course 2020 happened, and they weren't able to move to that region, they weren't able to get a facility in that region, and all of those things, but what I love about Emmanuel and Samira is that they still believed that God had put a church inside of them, and that 2020 was their year to go after it, so they have launched Cornerstone Aguascalientes online throughout 2020, and have begun gathering people together, they have services every week, and digitally are connecting with people throughout the week and growing and building a church even though they cannot get to them physically. So in 2021, they are now ready to go as things start opening up. Come on, let's thank God for the work that he's continued to do. When I think about resilient believers who say, oh, I'm going to make this situation work anyway, I think about people like Emmanuel and Samira. And in 2021, they are so excited to be ready as borders start opening, as restrictions start lifting, to actually get physically to the people God has called them to lead and to shepherd and to start the physical location of Cornerstone Aguas Calientes. So what we are going to be doing as a church is we are going to raise part of our offering from our Vision Sunday that's happening on the 24th, our Vision offering that's happening on the 24th of this month is going to go to helping support them financially, to help them rent that facility, to help alleviate some of the heavy lifting and heavy burden that church planting calls to dig out. We have such a passion for church planters. We have such a passion to see the kingdom of God being expanded everywhere that we can possibly get into. And I think one of the greatest things about being part of Cornerstone Church is that we have a reach globally, that we have family globally that we get to be a part of. So we are so expectant for what God has already started in Cornerstone Aguas Calientes and really honored to be able to be part of investing in what God is doing in that community. Love it. If those seven things that we just talked about get you excited, would you put your hands together? in belief for what God is getting ready to do through Cornerstone Church. If you're not clapping yet, I want to encourage you to check your pulse. You should be doing something right now because I'm so excited for what God has in store for us in this new season. Yeah, it's awesome. I want to, before we move forward, I want to just draw your attention to the very front. If I can get the mission statement on the screen of that statement. It says, we declare Jesus everywhere and we lead believers in a life of resilient faith. The beginning of that starts with a very intentional pronoun. 
we, all of us, together. It's not you declaring Jesus. It's not me declaring Jesus. It's not your neighbor declaring Jesus or a volunteer team leader declaring Jesus. It's we, what we collectively can do to declare Jesus everywhere. I believe that it takes all of us bringing our time, our talent, our creativity, our resources, everything that God has given us into the storehouse, submitting it to God and saying, God, what are you calling me? What is my role that you're asking me to do and to be part of in the midst of all that is happening? What can I do to see this vision come to to pass, to see this vision accomplished? Because we are so much more powerful together. We bring so much more strength than just one of us, than just I, than just me. And I always love this part in the book of Esther when Esther's not really sure if she wants to go through with the thing that it seems like God is calling her to. And Mordecai says this thing to her where he says, you know what, God is gonna see his plan come to pass. Basically the question is, are you gonna be part of it? I'm paraphrasing a lot, so don't go look for these exact words. But the question he poses to her is basically, are you gonna be part of it? And when is it gonna happen? I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is gonna see his vision come to pass, that the name of Jesus is gonna be declared everywhere, and that resilient believers will continue to rise up. I think the question at hand is, do we get to be part of it? Do we get to be part of declaring Jesus everywhere, of seeing resilient generations of people raised up and living out their faith, influencing culture? And the question is, what speed will it happen at? The speed of vision has to do with the level of our generosity and the level of our engagement. What do we bring to it? We believe this is our year of stepping into a season of hitting every mark that God puts in front of us. You know what we need to hit marks? A lot of arrows. We need arrows by arrows by arrows. And God is asking us to bring those into the house in the form of our volunteering, in the form of our giving, in the form of our signing up and showing up and in our prayer and in our creativity saying, God, we have all of these things. And before I take them to my place of work, before I take them to the mall, before I take them back, even just to my family, I wanna seek first the kingdom of God. Starting tomorrow, we are stepping into 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church family. I want to invite you to be part of it. We're doing 21 days starting on January 4th of the Daniel's Fast together, and then we're going to end on January 24th. It's a Sunday. We're going to come in for a day of prayer and of worship, and on the 24th, we are going to bring into the house a vision offering that says, God, this is my declaration that I want to see this vision come to pass. I want to ask everyone who can to be part of our next 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know many of you have done this before. You can find all kinds of resources on the church website. The team has done an incredible job putting things together for you, like a spiritual meal plan and tips on how to do that. You can find all of that there. But especially if you've never engaged in fasting before, it is such an incredible spiritual discipline and experience in your faith that I wanna invite you, encourage you, challenge you to come and be part of it with us. And don't allow yourself to use the excuses that discount us and go, oh, well, I can't really do that because of last year. 
I was pregnant while we were doing our 21-day fast. And so we do a Daniel's fast, which you really get to eat a lot of things on a Daniel's fast. It just restricts um, a lot of processed things. So I went to my doctor, and I was like, surely she's going to give me a pass. And I was like, I'm going to talk to my doctor about it, about whether or not I can do the fast. And I thought, surely she's going to tell me, you know, I really don't want you to do that. And then I'll just like give up coffee or something and be like, I'm fasting. Anyway, I went to her, and I was explaining it. And she was like, oh, yeah, you can do all of that. That's great. No, just, you know, if you're hungry, eat because you are pregnant. But otherwise, no, all of that sounds fine. And I was like, you're sure you don't need me to be having, like, hamburgers at least once a day for, you know, my, my fat content? She's like, no, you're good. You're good to go. My point is that sometimes we allow ourselves to get off the hook. We're pretty good at finding excuses while we can't engage in something. But if you've never engaged in fasting, I want you to know anyone who's in a red shirt would love to talk to you about it. Any of our staff, anyone on the chat would love to talk to you about how you can be part of fasting. Find a way to get involved. And over the next 21 days, there are many things that we're going to be focusing on and praying. But I have three prayers specifically that I want you to focus on. I want you to be asking God, where do I need to declare Jesus in my own life? God, show me the places in my life that I am believing things that are not what you are saying about me. And help me declare you into those spaces in my own life. Then I want you to ask God, God, what role can I play in seeing this vision come to pass? God, am I in the right spot? Am I doing all that I can do? There are so many things that we want, so many things that we need, so many ideas that we have, and we need people in their right place. We need band members and video editors and people to greet when they come and chat on the line and go see people in prison. There are so many ways I want you to ask God, God, what role are you asking me to play in seeing this vision come to pass? Because the vision comes to pass at the level of our engagement. And then I want you to ask God, God, what are you asking me financially to give that will be a declaration that I am committed to this vision? to seeing others encounter God, to seeing others come into the house, to seeing a new generation of resilient believers brought up, to seeing my own generation of resilient believers strengthened and brought up into the house. And begin to pray over that so that on the 24th, each of us can bring something in that radically declares that we are gonna see every target that God puts in front of us come to pass. Does that sound good, church? Come on, we're going to be praying and fasting and leaning into what he's saying over these next 21 days. Psalm 71 and 18 says this. It says, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation and your mighty acts to all who are to come. What we are doing right now everything that we do to declare his name and to build a resilient life of faith is raising up a next generation. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. There is another generation coming behind you, and we don't want to settle until we declare to every single generation. You know, Christian, our youth leader, one time when he had recently moved back from living out of the country for a couple years, he said to me, I know this sounds silly, But all of a sudden, I looked around, and there are a whole new group of people filling the spots that I was filling. 
There's a whole new group of teenagers in the seats that I used to sit in. There's a whole new group of kids who are in the kids' classrooms that my friends and I used to hang out in. It is so easy to just get focused on what we're doing and lose sight of the fact that there is always another generation being raised up. I don't care if you are 100 or if you are 10. If you take a minute to look over your shoulder, there is another generation rising up behind you. And we want to declare Jesus everywhere, in every generation, and ensure that we are building up believers of resilient faith so that we can see generations on generations of generations declaring his name, a church that continues to grow stronger and to grow stronger. I'm excited about it, church. I have great faith and great expectation for what God is gonna do. And if you believe that he is gonna declare it for generations and generations to come, why don't you just put a yes and an amen in the atmosphere right now. Amen, church.